open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Mugwonk Tower, Mugwonk Tower, this is Albatross 13 requesting permission to land. Over. I don't need a computer to tell me how to land a damn airplane. Six. Heads up display, check. Five. Lasers, check. Four. Particle beam, check. Three. Photon bolts, check. Two. Chair control, check. One. Let's do it. Broadcasting from a secret underground location somewhere in Moss Eisley, this is the Docking Bay 77 Podcast. Make yourself comfortable. The show is about to start. Hello and welcome to the Docking Bay 77 Podcast. I am your host, Jedi Master Dayton Johnson, and I have assembled the Jedi Council because we are going to decide the fate of two Star Wars trilogies. Yes, we're talking about the Disney Hero Trilogy versus the Star Wars prequels from George Lucas. And here are my members of my Jedi Council. I have David Burns. We have Brad Kozo, Jeff Johnson, and Scott Hoffman. Welcome, Jedi Masters. How are we doing? Going wonderful. How are you? Hello, rebel scums. <laughs> it didn't even take two minutes before somebody made that comment. I was waiting for it. Hello there. <laughs> Hello, Dayton. Greetings. Yes, uh, we are talking Star Wars for the first time on this podcast, and it has been uh, many weeks in planning. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Before we get into it, though, uh, do us a favor. Like, follow, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. If you want to interact with the show, please do so on Twitter at DockingBase77Pod, on Facebook at DockingBase77Podcast. And send us an email at DockingBase77Podcast at gmail.com. There. Now, let's talk a little Star Wars fandom history. Now, I'm going to brag a little bit because I can officially say that I have seen every Star Wars movie in the theaters because I am that old. (laughs) (laughs) That includes the, the special editions, of course, Solo and Rogue One. So there you go. Now, um, quick story. For my birthday, 1977, in December, I was turning seven years old. My parents were feeling rather brave, and they took me and a handful of my friends to go to a pizza place and then take us to the theater to see Star Wars. I remember it was like it was yesterday. It was during the compactor scene. Where they're ready to get smashed. There's Luke, Lehan, and Chewie, and they're all freaking out, and the droids can't do anything because, you know, it's all tense and everything else. And I'm thinking, oh my God, they're all going to die. And it's two robots and an old guy left. And I was freaking out because I didn't understand how movies worked. I was seven years old. So. <laughs> will you shut up and listen to me? Shut down all the garbage smashers on the detention level, will you? Do you copy? Shut down all the garbage smashers on the detention level. Shut down all the garbage smashers on the detention level. No, shut them all down. Hurry. <laughs> They're dying, Artu. Curse my metal body. I wasn't fast enough. It's all my fault. <laughs> but that's when my Star Wars fandom started. How about you, David? Um, I didn't see A New Hope in the theaters, but I did see Empire Strikes Back and everything after that in the theaters. 
So my fondest memory is Empire in the theater when the AT-ATs were walking and the entire theater was just rumbling. Echo Station 3TA. And I can never forget that. And I've never had an experience like that again. And that was at the um, Milford Theater, 275 East, which I know some of you guys will remember. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Brad, how about you? Um, It's probably one of my earliest just memories of film and still one of my favorites is I don't know if it was kind of a re-release of Empire Strikes Back, but it was Empire Strikes Back and... I, we were waiting for our show to start and it was, the other one was about to end. And I told my parents I had to go use the restroom, but instead I snuck around the corner and I think it was at showcase Cinemas because the, the bathroom was right next to some of the doors. And I opened it up and I saw uh, Luke and Vader fighting in um, the carbon freezing room. Impressive. The most impressive. Obi-Wan has taught you well. You have controlled your fear. Now, release your anger. Only your hatred can destroy me. And just the darkness with the only lights being from the their lightsabers is still, I think, the greatest thing I saw at the beginning and still my favorite thing ever till this day. Very cool. Very cool. All right, Jeff, how about you? Well, uh, thanks in part to my Aunt Mary, who actually worked for Kenner uh, (laughs) in Cincinnati. Uh, I was playing with Star Wars toys before I knew what Star Wars was. Um, But my my first experience in the theater would have been Empire Strikes Back. And uh, though a a special shout out slash apology to my father, uh, he had seen Star Wars in the theater, enjoyed it. He thought taking me at, uh, you know, I think I was like four at that point, five, almost five. No. Yeah. I was almost five. Uh, he takes, he takes us to see empire. Um, like Dave was talking about the, uh, the ad ads, um, they terrified me. Uh, and once I saw Vader, I was, I couldn't take it. Lord Vader, the fleet has moved down to light speed and we're preparing to, you have failed me for the last time. Admiral. Captain Piet. Yes, my lord. Make ready to land our troops beyond their energy field and deploy the fleet so that nothing gets off the system. You are in command now, Admiral Piet. Thank you, Lord Vader. So, <laughs> um, as he likes to remind people, uh, I, I quote, he quotes me as saying, Dad, I don't like this. I want to leave. So he, <laughs> uh, we, we left Empire walked straight across the hall to the uh, the next feature that was playing, which was uh, the Muppets. And, um, you know, we had a day watching the Muppets while my poor dad, uh, anxious to see the next chapter, <laughs> uh, was denied. So uh, I am apologizing to him here, here today for that. <laughs> I'm just picturing your dad sitting there with his arms folded like, Muppet bullshit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you yeah. saw the other Frank Oz movie. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, 
<clears throat> you know, uh, growing up just a little bit more. I remember the day he brought home um, a Luke Skywalker Jedi action figure. And uh, we had seen the, tri- the the previews for Return of the Jedi, so we were excited and seen every single film in the theater since then. So I'm counting Empire, even though I didn't get mm-hmm. to see all of it. I do you didn't count make it, it all the way through. Okay, I didn't make yeah. it all the way through, but but I was there. All right, all right, sure, we'll count it. How about you, Scott? Uh, yeah, I mean, my brother and sister raised me on Star Wars. It was what we played all the time. Uh, one of my earliest memories is uh, my brother and sister playing the Attack on the Death Star board game before you even know what the hell it was. Um, <laughs> I had that. <laughs> and yeah, similar to uh, you know everybody else, first one was Empire. I think it was in the drive-in. It was either the drive-in or 275 East. Um, and I remember it was some scary stuff like Yoda mm-hmm. and the Dagobah scene. I feel like like we're being watched. I mean you no harm. I am wondering, why are you here? I'm looking for someone. Looking? Found someone you have, I would say. (laughs) Right. Help do I can? Yes. I don't think so. I'm looking for a great warrior. (laughs) Great warrior? Wars <laughs> not make one great. <laughs> I stuck with it because my dad was like, "Oh, cover your eyes." <laughs> I keep watching this, not going to the Muppets. Um, but yeah, and I've seen everyone since, and I've got the uh, kind of a, a new perspective on it because my oldest uh, it was raised on the raised with the prequels, not raised on the prequels because it started them off right. Good man. Um, and my my middle was basically uh, grew up with uh, the Clone Wars cartoon, mm-hmm. and my youngest is now growing up with uh, Mandalorian and restarting the Clone Wars cartoon all over again. So it's interesting to get that kind of different perspective uh, on this whole thing. Now, have, do you show them the uh, the Cartoon Network Clone Wars too, that led up right to uh, Revenge of the Sith? The uh, the guy Jen that did Samurai Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are great. Um, those are fantastic. Um, he has not seen those yet. He went right into the um, the CG Clone Wars, but he started with okay. the TV series, not the movie. Uh, right. He kind of went okay. backwards with that. But Gotcha. All right. That's cool. Yeah. So that's another question. Um, for somebody who's never seen them and they're at, the, say, that nice ripe old age of, say, 10, do you start them in order or do you go original trilogy, then backwards, and then to the new trilogy? What do you guys think? Uh, well, for me, I, I go original trilogy first. Um, and then because I feel like you have to still have that, that core structure still makes sense. Mm-hmm. And honestly, there are some things about the prequels that are, we'll get that in a minute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, even my youngest hasn't even gotten through the new movies because he's kind of, uh, because of his older brother, he's gotten a version to them. Like he doesn't want to see them at all. Um, wow. But yeah, you got to start with the core, I think, because that's where it all began. I agree. Um, my nephew, I introduced him to Star Wars a couple years ago, and we started with uh, A New Hope. Uh, his only complaint was how aged they look, but I'm like, hey, calm down. <laughs> and then his older brother was not really a Star Wars fan until recently, like within the last nine months. And he watched all of them, beginning with uh, The Phantom Menace all the way through. And just two weeks ago, uh, he reached out to me. He said, hey, I just want to let you know something. Like, what's that? Um, 
I realized that four, five, and six are the best of all of them. I'm like, oh man, you just made me a very <laughs> yeah. happy man. Thank you. <laughs> I think I'm going to base it on how this episode goes because <laughs> I'm going to base that for my son on how this episode goes because I've had heard stories that, like Dave's, but I've also had people like, no, no, I started them, you know, with the originals first. So I'm going to base it on how this goes. See, personally, um, I think if you're starting them out, I, I kind of feel that starting with the Phantom Menace and working your way up makes sense because, um, I know for us after going through the original trilogy and then going back, you know, the prequel is cool. And then you're like, um, okay. So I kind of feel like maybe going backwards is a bit of a letdown. So I think it's kind of like working your way, starting at the bottom and working way to the, you know, to the middle ones that, you know, everybody really loves. And, and that you're right, Dave, they are dated to somebody who's used to, especially like the MCU movies that are very, you know, polished. And so it's, I think it depends. Um, I've seen it go both ways and, mm-hmm. you know, well, to me, you know, there's, know. there is an answer. Is um, there? Yes. Well, let me finish. There's an answer. <laughs> I think that satisfies both of these, these schools of thought. Um, and I don't know if you guys have heard about machete cut yet. Um, it's something, it's something I, I read about years ago online. Uh, for those that don't know machete cut, basically you watch episode four, a new hope. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, you know, which is episode five, and then you jump back to the prequels before jumping back to Return of the Jedi. So um, I thought that sounded it sounded kind of stupid when I first read about it, but when I watched it for the first time, um, treating the prequels almost like a flashback sequence um, mm. right after you get that big reveal at the end of Empire, um, man, it really makes Jedi, in my opinion, a more uh, a much richer experience. Uh, okay, okay. Vader is scarier in Return of the Jedi when you know when you've seen the rage that Anakin had in the prequels. So I I go with Machete Cut every time I'm watching them. Um, obviously, it's gotten a little more elaborate because you you have to throw in Rogue One, you have to throw in the the Disney trilogy. But uh, I think that's the way to go because it uh, you know for someone that you know it's almost like you need the prequels if you're going to watch if you're if you're new to this you need you need them. You know, they're the vegetables on the plate. You got to eat them because they're good for you. Uh, You know, but that's how I look at it. Uh, It's a good way to say I'm already invested. I've seen two great movies. So even if I'm not excited about the prequels, I'm still going to bounce back with Jedi. Hmm. All right. I actually can admit I've never watched them that way. So I'm going to have to try that sometime. That is interesting. Yeah. I've never heard of that before. I'll have to try it out. All right. Let's get into the movies. Um, we're gonna start off with uh, the Phantom Menace. You refer to the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the force. You believe it's this boy? At last, we will have revenge. Tell him to take off. Fear is the path to the dark side. Wipe them out. Rated PG. Released in May 19th, 1999, written and directed by George Lucas. Filmed mostly at Leavesland Studios in England, as well as on location in the Tunisian desert. Um, had an estimated budget of $115 million, and it would make, on its initial release, over $900 million worldwide. Um, 
let's just get this out of the way. A couple things. Uh, these three movies are the most expensive independent films ever made because mm-hmm. Lucas funded it completely himself. So they technically are independent movies, which is a weird thing to say with such a big budget <laughs> like that. Um, and also, we can all agree that Jar Jar Binks was not the best idea. Um, yep. And so we're just going to not discuss him <laughs> mostly because he gets <laughs> he gets trashed out. he gets trashed yeah. a lot and Ahmed Best got a lot of shit and we're not going to be those people. I agree. Okay. It was yeah. Lucas's fault mm-hmm. and we're just going to leave it at that. Sound good? Sounds good. Sounds good. Sure. Groovy. All right, so let's he get got into off this. Easy. <laughs> he got off easy. He didn't get off easy. Um, On this like show, said, he did. Well, I'm just saying he, you know, when you try to commit your commit suicide because people were giving you shit. Yeah, yeah. He, it's a toxic yet, thing. Toxic. Yeah, I do hear a lot of kid little little kids that watch Phantom Menace actually really like it. Oh so, yeah, I agree. And like that was it. and like I said, it wasn't a bad idea necessarily. It was handled quite poorly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Poorly executed. I yes, think. poorly executed. Yep. Yep. All right. Now, Brad, let's let's hear something about the Phantom Menace that you like. Um, mine's pretty cliche because I'm sure everybody thought the same. It was seeing the lightsaber move faster than we've ever seen it before. You <laughs> oh, know, just yeah. to, once you saw from that first just teaser trailer, just how quick they were moving. Yep. It, it you, you were hooked on just that. And it it just stands out this fast. We saw what the Jedi were really capable of. Right. And that, and that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I agree. I That was, you know, see the first trailer. And of course, I see Liam Neeson. I'm like, hey, a long haired Jedi. How cool. You mm-hmm. know, and yeah. And the fact that we knew there's going to be battle droids. So you knew there's going to be a lot of hacking and slashing, which was, mm-hmm. which was super cool. So, yeah, I, I agree. Just yep. feeling that was made me super excited. All right. I disagree. They, what you disagree? <laughs> yeah. I just <laughs> just saying that because it was Brad, right? No, no, yeah. no. I just <clears throat> I don't get me wrong. I love seeing the lightsaber duels, but this is supposed to take place before what we were already used to, and I feel like they they kind of went a little over. They went overboard with with what the Jedi could do. They almost became superheroes, and I think that took away a little bit of their their uh, their mystery, you know. When they can when they can run like the flash and they can jump over you know 20 30 feet in the air I just I, I don't know if I liked it as much you know that's just well me, you know. I look at it this way um we saw a very old Jedi in obi-wan at the mm-hmm. trilogy and you saw a machine you know Vader who was obviously aged and so uh we really didn't see um people that have been training for years i mean Gwygon has obviously been doing it for a long time and you and you're, and you had a young obi-wan who'd been doing it for at least you know 20 years now so they were at the height of their strength and their abilities so to me yeah the whole running like the flash thing was kind of stupid mm-hmm. um but to me this is if they were truly at the height of their abilities then they should have been able to move like that and fight like that and you know and you know then you have 30 plus years of uh them not doing anything so they you know it's like you know yeah you fall off a bike and you might not remember how to ride a bike but you get back on oh, no I'm sure i can do that i'm just not as good as i was so mm-hmm. that's the way i look at it you um, might have just convinced me okay I, that was a compelling argument i, right, well, I, I hey. see it now okay yes <laughs> <laughs> one <The> jedi <laughs> are protectors of peace throughout the entire galaxy so they better mm-hmm. be pretty badass yeah. yeah all right all right david something you like from the movie 
Actually, this is a twofold answer for me. Uh, the first one is really not about the movie, but about my experience of getting tickets for the movie. <laughs> All right. Oh, no. Jeff Johnson <laughs> is very aware of this one. So this was back in the days when you couldn't go online to get a ticket or anything like that. You actually had to go to the theater and wait in line uh, to buy a ticket for the movie. So they did uh, early release of tickets. So Jeff and I uh, went to the theater really early and we sat there. What, Jeff? I want to say, what, eight hours, nine hours, eight or nine hours. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we were probably, I don't know, 25 or 30 back from the beginning of the line, somewhere in that neighborhood. And this was on a ridiculously hot day. There was no shade. We were sitting on a sidewalk with the sun just beating down on us. And a, a group of people had a couch that they had brought with them. And we're sitting near us and sitting in that couch all in comfort while we were sweating and dying on the sidewalk <laughs> for tickets to see the Phantom Menace. Um, so that is a huge, like, it's just a great experience with Jeff, even though it was kind of miserable at the time. Him and I took the hit for everybody and went and got the tickets. Yeah. Wow. Looking back, that was a fun experience, uh, but we were so unprepared. You know, <laughs> we literally were sitting there with our wallets. Everyone else had coolers, <laughs> tents, shade. Um, yep. I, I really felt uh, really stupid at that point when we were interviewed. Uh, I think it was Fox that was there and they, she came right up to us and said, you guys have been here for hours in the sun, no water. Like, why weren't you prepared? Like, and why are you doing this? And we were just like, we're star Wars fans. <laughs> that's it. That's yeah. it. That's it. So I like turtles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were we did take some serious torture uh we for did. our friends that day, but it, oh it, we we laugh about it now. We do, I think. Right. Yeah. Okay, so, so something about the movie, David. Yeah, so something about the movie. Um I'm I'm sure this is gonna be a lot of answers for a lot of people. Uh everybody with their experience with the Darth Maul uh was ginormous um so just watching him light the lightsaber to get two, two lightsabers the dual lightsaber that he had was just over the top for me uh you know i didn't expect that coming and to see that was just ridiculous but the whole lightsaber battle between him qui-gon and um, obi-wan uh was pretty much the highlight of that film and the only great thing in that film um but just to see that and experience that in the theater was quite an experience yeah I, i'm I'm not one of those people that loves Darth Maul, though. I think he was kind of overrated as a as a bad guy. He was he was disposable. He was disposable. I'm just he saying, was. if you build him up like that and he doesn't even make it out of the first movie, yeah. I mean, he was on all the marketing and everything else, and he got cut in half because he was being pompous and arrogant and standing over top of one. <laughs> I won. I'm the victor. Yeah. Well, I'm going to cut your ass in half and see how you like that. <laughs> so I'm just saying, there he went right down the friggin' hole. <laughs> Just like Boba Fett. Anyway. <laughs> Asthma. Wow. Yeah, okay, my turn. <laughs> All right. Uh, I can tell you that as far as one of the things I really liked about the movie, it might seem kind of strange, but uh, the Gungans technology, uh, the underwater city was really cool. Um, I actually loved there when they, at the battle at the end, uh, the, the shield generators, the boom bots were interesting because they're basically you know, giant balls of energy. And mm -hmm. I just, you know, even drop, even when Jar Jar drops a bunch of them, they go rolling down. They just kind of like start mowing through all those tanks and stuff. And I'm like, that's kind of a cool idea. So I liked that. Yeah. They were not as developed say as in the Naboo, but they still had cool weapons and they figured out how to live underwater. And I thought that was kind of a neat, um, we hadn't seen that in the, in the star Wars universe. So I thought that was really cool. 
Jeff. Oh, can we, can we say that? Oh, I yeah, didn't know if ahead. you want us to disagree. Yeah. You can disagree. All you I, want. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I tried to disagree cool. yet. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hated that. I, 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 you know, seen a bunch of frog people throw water balloons at droids. Uh, it just bothered me. So <laughs> I agree. I, I feel like he was trying to do the ending of return of the Jedi again. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fine. That it? That's the noise. Uh, anybody else want to pile on? Go right ahead. I'm used to it. No, I mean, right. we're talking about just that no. sequence or the movie in a whole. No, we're not that. We're no, no, no. We're just <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Just something you like about the movie. Uh, something I, I love about the movie. Um, you, you go into this knowing that you're going to get an amazing score by John Williams, mm-hmm. but the duel of fates. Oh yeah. I think it's one of his. I, I to this day, I think it's one of the best pieces of music he's written. Um, it gives me chills every time I hear it. And for say what you will about Phantom Menace, um, the fact that it gave us the opportunity to hear this music makes it worth seeing, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. definitely yeah, I what, totally something agree. I love. Yeah. yeah, and it's something that carries on or carries through in so yes. much of oh, the yeah. following stories, and has a lot of meanings as soon as you hear any part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, the fact that they used it in the trailer for Obi Wan just sent that trailer yeah. over the top. Well, yeah. So, yeah. 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 All right, Scott. Something you like? Uh, what's left? Uh, <laughs> the, the sigh. Wow. The, the you already? Damn, man. I even <laughs> have more poster, than that. I guess the poster can... by Drew Struzan. No, it's got. I have another like. Okay. If I, I got more to too. I'm surprised. No, no, I no, no, no. Anything. No, that's I just when you uh, when you said Duel of Fates, I was like bastard because I wanted to talk about that, but I'm glad that you did. Um, yeah, I mean it's the what what I like. One of the only things that I like about Phantom Menace is um, the just the core structure that it sets up for Anakin, not mm-hmm. the way that it was executed, but I do think that it was a good idea to go back to his origins and where he came from as a kid and how he was growing up and what kind of things he had to endure with his mom and the slavery and all this other kind of stuff. Now the execution of that was, um, is something we'll get into later when we get into dislikes. <laughs> um, but I think it, it did still have a, a core structure that really worked and it set mm-hmm. up a, a clear expectation for what you were going to get with the rest of this trilogy. Now, granted that was kind of easy because it's the prequel. So you mm-hmm. are going to hear the backstory about Anakin. So it's like, it's not something that the um, that the new sequels had the advantage of, but I th- I do think it's an advantage that this first movie has over the others. Okay, I uh, see. I remember walking out um, at six in the morning after seeing Phantom Menace, and I looked at uh, my wife at that time and said, "Something happens to his mom. That's what sends him over the edge. That's what starts to trigger him down the dark side." It was the first thing that I said when I walked out. But you know, and then after I was like, "Well, that movie wasn't." Eh. But anyway. Um, that was the first thing that it, you know really resonated with me was his mom dies and that's what starts him down that path. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I agree. It was a, and I remember hearing Lucas even made a comment that, you know, wouldn't have been interesting to see how, you know, Hitler was as a kid. So that's kind of where he went with the idea of, you know, here's one of the, you know, scariest sci-fi villains of all time. What was he like as a kid? And I liked the idea and I was cool with that. And, you know, I, so I agree. It was a good idea. 
And then we solve it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, does anybody else have anything they like about the movie? Because I, I, I have a couple more things. I let, we got to talk about Ewan McGregor. I mean, uh, about the, the, the guy nails. The guy nails. See, and I actually, the 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 casting for the most part. Um, Liam Neeson, of course. Uh, Ewan McGregor, who I feel in this movie was kind of underutilized because yes. he was he wasn't a main character yet. Agreed. He was still, he was still mm-hmm. the paddle one. So, yep. um, and I love Natalie Portman. Um, I think the well, we'll get into that. But I think the cast in general, um, of course, Sam Jackson on the Jedi Council was cool. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think the the overall the casting, with the couple of exceptions, was was very good. Was very mm-hmm. well done. Yes. Yeah. And I love the pod race. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I've got that listed. The pod racing I thought was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, come on, hearing that in the theater with the engines running, running, and just you know going through those canyons and stuff—that was just incredible. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was. I little, think it maybe, was maybe a little long, but a lot of fun. Yeah, I think Dave, you you can back me up here uh, as the expert, but wasn't it the N sixty four that had the Star Wars pod racing game? It yep. was. Yes, that thing was. I mean, yep. that thing was playing that at home was awesome. So it was. Yeah. <clears throat> well, the arcade, cool. the arcade setup they had for it. Yeah. Was fantastic. Yeah. But yeah. again, there's just so much that they just kind of dripped in there that was just pandering to kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know we're getting well, yeah. into dislikes, but I well, I ugh. I liked I liked Palpatine's long con. You know, like literally all three of these movies are him playing mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. it's definitely a slow burn because it takes three movies, but you know, the, from the very beginning, I mean, we know who he is. I mean, we've seen the movies. We know what his name is. But just you're like watching him going, he's just totally playing with everybody. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and nobody has a clue. And right. just, you just want to smack everybody like going, it's right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on. Well, yeah. I, I think one of, the, one of the moments at the end, even, even when you're sitting in a the theater for the first time and, you're, and you know you're not really happy about your, the experience you just had, that, that – that final line he has to Anakin, mm-hmm. you know, with a smile, we'll watch your career. Right. <laughs> like, you, you had to, you had, that had to put a smile on your face, you know, yeah. you had to go, oh yeah. You know? Yeah. So I actually do have another, like, all right. The movie brought star Wars back. Yes. All of yes. us were right. like, if only we could have that kind of experience again. And this film coming out was, Hey, we get star Wars in our life again. And mm-hmm. a little bit longer. If they're going to do one of these, they're going to do a couple more. So, you know, it, it brought it back. We had an excitement that summer of 99. Mm-hmm. We did. It yes. was everybody felt pretty good about this movie coming out. You know, we were pretty happy about it. So we were. having that around again and being in a Star Wars, you know, world again, mm-hmm. it was great. All right. Good point, Brad. Yeah. But like Scott said. The execution. <laughs> so here's the thing. Like there was a, there's an eggplant. Uh, there's an eggplant lasagna that I had in New York that was just amazing. And it's like that ratatouille scene wherever I, you know, have a, a sample of anything like it. It's amazing. But anything else that I have that is trying to be that, but then isn't makes it worse because it's like, I was expecting that experience all over again. And I remember sitting in the theater after seeing this and looking around and everybody was with it. I was like, are we happy with this? We're, we're happy. I guess we're okay. Because I wanted like amazing 
pizza and I got wet leftover dominoes. So okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's let's be really honest. Let's just get this clear now. It didn't matter if Lucas gave us a great movie. We were mm. still gonna go, it's not the original trilogy. So he was oh, he yeah. was already behind the eight ball just making these. Yeah. Okay. And and then even later when we get into the Disney ones, uh the internet is every movie's worst nightmare or mm-hmm. you know or, or or benefactor. So it just depends. Um you get trolls, you get everything else and and then whatever. The reality of it is even if he made a great movie, we're still gonna go, but you know, but so if that's why when people want to critique these movies, you know, all the six we're going to talk about today, I go, okay, but do it from a actual critical, you know, standpoint. Don't be, but it's not this. It's not, right. like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Let's not do that. Let's talk about pacing. Let's talk about writing. Let's talk about things that are, you know, tangible and not, well, it's not, I don't want to hear that crap because that's right. just crap. So anyway, well, Dave, so let's get into this. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. I was gonna say, like you make that you make a great point, and I really think it just depends on on your age because yes, I've absolutely. got a friend who I've got a friend who's twenty years younger than me. His first Star Wars experience was seeing the prequels, mm-hmm. and he hadn't seen the original trilogy. So when he told me like he prefers the prequels, he thinks they're the best. I I was like, are you out of your mind? But you know, nostalgia really has a strong hold over all of us. So what we grow up with is what we're going to prefer. And, uh, you know, taking a, a hard look at these movies from a critical point of view, I think you have to do that in order to, if you're really going to discuss the pros and cons of these movies, you have to do that without your nostalgia glasses. I think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. All right. Let's move on to dislikes, even though we've already touched on a few, Scott. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Starting early. Starting early. All right. Uh, so, Brad, give us a dislike, sir. The writing. Well, okay. <laughs> the, the dialogue. The writing. Yeah. I, yeah, the dialogue. Just, let me just mark that off my list. Yeah, me too. I think that covers I like, a lot of territory. Yeah. Uh, I mean, first of all, it's atrocious. It's atrocious. This film is kind of a talkie. You know, there's a lot of <laughs> talk about trades and stuff like that, which are realistic problems that the world faces and stuff, but it just doesn't work here. And I feel some of the stuff was just way too pushed. But yeah, the dialogue was mm-hmm. was just sloppy and not up to par. And it, it I, I think he just maybe bit off a little too much. You know, he, he bit off more than he could chew with oh, this absolutely. movie, I think. Absolutely. And, um, and, well, and it just, it hurt it. Well, and it's not so much the discussion during the Senate or the trade, whatever. It's, it's a dialogue between characters. That's just so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. like I remember um, when they walk in, like the droid takes him into the ship and says, you know, I, I feel something, you know, elusive, something that I'm like, oh my God, just the dialogue between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan in that scene together. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to give it a little bit of time. I'm going to give it a little <laughs> more time. And then it, it never it just never got better. And I'm like, Oh my God, really? And, and I remembered, you know, well, he didn't write the screenplays for empire. He didn't write the screenplay no. for Jedi. No. So, and he technically as Brad knows, cause we've read the same book. He technically didn't write most of the dialogue for the original star Wars. They had you know, yeah. Fox paid two guys to come in and fix it. So, Correct. you know, it's, he's not a writer. And I think he is a good storyteller. Yes. He comes up yes. with great ideas and great stories. And so he's a great producer. He's not a good writer. 
So mm-hmm. I would say I would say there's technical writers and there's dialogue writers. Mm-hmm. And Dave and I we've talked about this a lot over the years. Yep. Um, you're right. The the Trade Federation stuff. I think it's well written. You know, it. I mean, it, it's like watching C-SPAN for crying out loud. But, <laughs> yes, it but it's it's the moments between the characters um, that the dialogue is is just flat. It's so mm-hmm. terrible. Um, Lucas, you know, he might be a decent technical writer, but he is a lousy dialogue writer, and he always has been. Yeah. So yep. Yep. I think that's what mm-hmm. that's what hurts it. Yep. And to not it's not necessarily dialogue, but the dialects he uses for different aliens mm-hmm. are yeah. just god awful. Yeah. I mean. And I know there were some people that were complaining that they were kind of racist and to a point they kind of were, yeah. and it's like you had, you know, the trade federation with slight Asian accents and you had, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's just like, are you serious? And there were some people saying, well, the Gungans were Jamaicans. And I'm like, you know, I mm-hmm. don't know, but the fact is why do they all have to have such stupid dialects? You know, yeah. in the previous movies, most of the aliens had alien languages. We read subtitles. Yeah. What's, mm-hmm. what's wrong with that? You know, and I would have been okay with that. And everybody seemed okay to have a too. glitch. Somebody had some kind of twitch or something, an after effect to him, like the the guy that does the you know oh, the boss shaking. Mass. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Everybody so had to have that? some kind of like something extra to it. It was like, and like you said, you're you're squeezing your hands during this movie, going, but it's Star Wars. I want to <laughs> love it. I want to love it. I just got to forget about it, get past it. I know what I'm going to say when everyone's like, wasn't that a stupid line? I know what I'm going to say to them afterwards. And, but there were so many times we had to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, boss Nass, like we, at our age, we're going to hate that blubbering thing he does, mm-hmm. but our nephews, our sons, that are five or six seeing it for the first time, they're probably getting a big kick out of that. They're, they're laughing and that's, and that's great. You know, but you also mm. can't throw in this, you know, democratic Republic type of dialogue. Well, no. Also too. <laughs> that's like, true. Right, Good you point. can't make an adult movie and then a kid's movie. One moment. He's like, you got to be able to blend the two. And he couldn't blend the two together. Yeah. You can't just, have C-SPAN and Teletubbies playing. Right. Movie. <laughs> yeah. J- Jeff, I got one response where you, you assume too much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> uh, all right. So, David, you have something you want to complain about, too? Because oh, I'm sure we'll have a lot. Man. <laughs> so my, I think my problem with, and I don't want to blame the actor because I'm not a toxic uh, fan. Um, Jake Lloyd. I blame all that on the dialogue not on the actor himself. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but there was another actor who almost got the yes. role of Anakin. Yes. Yes. And there, actually, there was three. There was yeah, three. three of them. Yeah. yeah but the one and the I other walked. two guys were way better than he was <laughs> way better. And I'm, I'm like watching some of their, um, you know, when they were uh, testing for it and I'm like, why did they not choose this kid? Why did they give Jake Lloyd this? I can tell and you I, why. Cause George wanted Jake. Cause, yeah, because exactly what it is. George wanted Jake, and you know it goes back to his dialogue writing. I mean, I just cringe every time I hear words coming out of that kid's mouth. Yippee! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, and it sounds so much like ADR. A lot of his lines. It sound does. Like just like and after it probably fact recording. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. I I think they should have made Anakin a couple years older. In my opinion, I think they 100%. went too young. Well, um. I understand they had a time constraint of like you have because you've got, you know, Darth Vader has to be a certain age um, and we're, you know, we're going back in time a little bit. But I still think they should have had Anakin at maybe 13 or 14. He was. Yeah. Well, what you needed was a director that can talk to kids. True. 
I mean, yeah. you know, you look at the the first Harry Potter movie, the entire cast was kids, mm-hmm. you know, and Chris Columbus knows how to talk to kids. Yeah. You know, so Lucas is not a, he doesn't like, doesn't talk to people. So no. <laughs> adults. So here he is trying to talk. I mean, I, yeah, you're right. It's not his fault. It's the bad dialogue and yep. he had no direction. Right. You know, so. And it yeah. shows. Yeah. But yeah, the, I remember the first time I bought the Phantom Menace on DVD and I watched, I saw the behind the scenes stuff and it showed the three finalists and they're doing the angel scene with Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. And by far he was, Jake Lloyd was the third choice easily. Mm-hmm. And Lucas wanted him. I'm like, when you think about, yeah. When you think about Hayden Christensen, uh, look at his performance in, um, the uh, the Virgin Suicides. He was right. pretty much age appropriate. Yeah, he could he could have been in Phantom Menace. He that was ninety nine. Yeah, so he was a little bit. Yeah, he's he would have been a little bit older. Definitely would have made it a little less creepy. You know, the whole the interaction between Jake Lloyd and Natalie Portman. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's just Jake Lloyd's performance is just terrible. And when you when you combine that with bad dialogue and bad directing and bad directing, <laughs> yes. I mean. Yeah. I think about him just jumping into a, a a Naboo fighter and be like, "Let's try spinning." That's usually cool. <laughs> That's a good oh, trick. Yeah, God. yeah. It was just right. like just, he was just like falling into everything. Okay, this is fun. He had no fear of. Oh my God, I'm in space. Yeah. I'm about to get destroyed. Yeah. Most of his di- most of his delivery, I almost feel it was like George going, just letting him ad lib. Like, eh, see whatever, see what you think you would, your your character would say, and that's why you get all these yippies and. Yeah, you know, let's let's go left. Uh, you know, it's like, come on, you know. The only it, it, it makes me think oh, of this shark is pod racing. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it makes me think like uh, that movie, uh, Shark: The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl, right? Where it's a Robert mm-hmm. Rodriguez movie, but it's written by his kids. It almost felt like it's kind of like dialogue written by kids, but the kids wouldn't mm-hmm. talk that way. So that's why it felt <laughs> like they're trying to kind of talk down to kids to reach them but you Mm -hmm. you don't need to do that with something like star wars you don't need to heap on the goofy and i mean my youngest kid uh likes jar jar but not necessarily because he thinks that he's an amazing character because he's laughing at him not with him right Mm -hmm. right Right. Mm -hmm. so and and jake uh, i'll be if i could just be real fair about jake lloyd just for a second there there's a few moments where I felt he did. He did good. You know, like his moments with, with uh, Shmi where he's like, will I ever see you again? Yes. Right. You yeah. can see the, he, I think he had some great emotion in his lines mm-hmm. there, you know, like his, deli- like his, his talk, like mom, you, you say that no one ever helps people. We should, you know, he's got a couple moments where he, he can shine, but it's just, unfortunately the most of it's in darkness. Well, mm-hmm. the, the reality <laughs> of it is, I mean, as much as Natalie Portman is awesome, Half of the time on screen, her delivery is so flat, and there's a lot yes. of that in the movie. Yep. And I don't think, I don't think, like I said, to a point, I mean, a lot of critics praised Liam Neeson as well, they should. And even he mm-hmm. complained afterwards because he said, I didn't really have much to go on. You know, Lucas didn't tell him a whole lot about his character, so he had to figure it all out on his own. So when you go to Ewan McGregor, who's obviously had some acting chops at that point, sure, fine. Natalie Portman had, you know, obviously been in Leon the Professional and she'd been in Beautiful Girls and she was young. But at the same time, it's like you still have to give people direction. You still have to tell them what. And and, and I really hated her pseudo English political, you know, royal dialect. It just mm-hmm. it was so, so like 
just let her talk. <laughs> yep. You know, just when she was actually being Padme, she was fine. It was when mm-hmm. she was the queen, it was just queen, yep. so it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's unfortunate that like I said, some people are meant to come up with story ideas and develop stuff. There some people are just not meant to direct people. Yep. So all right. I just want to mention the real quick, one of my biggest complaints about this movie is the over explaining of absolutely everything. <laughs> Like Sebulba's a Doug and you know, he's a toy Darian and let's tell you everything. So you can't figure it out on your own. I remember in the original trilogy. I didn't know what Ugnot was until I bought the frigging figure. Okay. Right. You know, he didn't yeah. know that Greedo was a Rodian. You didn't know. He didn't, it didn't frigging matter. Right. Okay? He didn't care. It's like, all you need to know is Sebulba, you know, is a pod racer and he's kind of an ass. Okay, cool. That's great. We don't need any other, anything else. You know, we don't need, you know, the toy Darian to tell us, Jedi tricks don't work on me, only money. I'm like, we can figure that out when the Jedi mind trick didn't friggin' work. Okay. (laughs) So once again, going to the writing, but we didn't need to be told everything, Mm -hmm. you know, that, and that drove me nuts, you know, let people use their brains and figure things out. You know, Walt Disney didn't explain everything when he made movies, Jim Henson didn't explain everything in his movies and his shows and everything else. They knew the kids were smart to figure it out. Let the kids figure it out. Okay, yep. don't talk down to them. So, and that is a funny scene with Watto when he's, you know, credits will do. No, they yeah. won't. It's funny <laughs> until he goes, I'm a toy yeah. dairy. And I'm like, ah, yeah, see, then uh, you know, screwed it up. You could have just, he could have just, he could have just said, What do you think? You're some kind of Jedi? You know, leave it at that. That, you know, because yeah. it was a laugh, I, I think. But yeah, 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 over, yeah, he, he over explains it. Yes. Midichlorians. Anyway, uh, 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 Jeff, go ahead. All right, let's talk about midichlorians. Yeah, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're sneaking in all these dislikes. Let's get well, it out of the I, way. Listen, I thought we just, I thought we'd skip over midichlorians like we were skipping over Jar Jar. Okay, like well, that's right. Hatred, go, so. go, there's something else, Jeff. I, real quick, I'll just give you one. Um, and it kind of is something that has been apparent to me in recent watchings. Um, for as groundbreaking as it was when it, when it came out, I think I think the CGI really feels dated. And oh yeah, it's it's incredibly overused. I mean, yeah. these prequels, <laughs> if they have one thing in common, it's the overuse of CGI. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things, it's just it's it's annoying to watch. It's just a blur. And I really wish they would have went, they would have tried to stick to as close to the practical effects as possible because uh, the CGI, like when you have great stuff. Um, it's, it's never, some stuff won't seem dated if it's great CGI and when it's bad CGI, it feels very dated. And I feel mm-hmm. like Phantom Menace is an episode as a, an example of uh dated CGI technology. Well, that's George Lucas for you. We're going to blame him again. <laughs> remember, remember what he always said. He said, you know, I don't, why, why build sets when I can do everything CGI? Well, this is a perfect example of why you should build <laughs> no. sets and not do CGI. You know, they yeah. look dated. Yeah. Well, yeah, when you think about I like think, the unreal, go ahead, Brad. I was going to say, I think the, some of the CGI is okay, but he overloaded on it. It's like, oh, yeah. instead oh, of yeah. having yeah. a building, we're going to have a building and it's going to have lights coming out of it and and weird, you know, figures flying over it and a beautiful sky. You know, it's like he mm-hmm. overdoes it and you're going to be able to see the elevators going through. I'm like, we don't need all that. No, we don't <laughs> yeah. need all that. Good CGI is when you don't know it's there. Yeah. 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 And I, I, there's points in Phantom Menace where it's almost like you're watching a video game. That's Mm -hmm. that's how I feel about it. And I I hated the look of Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. Give us the puppet back. Give us the Uh, puppet back. uh, Well, I don't know about that. 
So with, it's interesting. CGI. Really? And CGI. Well, it's interesting that thematically through this uh, trilogy, this first, you know, prequels, whatever, um, the things that they intentionally change or try to fix in subsequent movies, like some of the dialogue from the Trade Federation that we heard uh, way out in Revenge of the Sith. And then he sounds more like he's from Brooklyn or something like that. <laughs> um, and the fact that the, like you can't watch Phantom Menace now with a virgin version that still has the puppet Yoda that they were trying to do. I think replacing puppet Yoda in Phantom Menace was a good idea because I did not like the execution or the style of the new puppet Yoda. Okay. Um, it kind of felt like a, um, to me anyway, and I know I'm not supposed to just, you know, it's got to be what it was before. But the beauty of what was done in Empire with Yoda yep, yep. is is uncanny. Like it's it's like actually watching an actual character. You can't mm-hmm. see that it's a puppet. In Phantom Menace, I could tell it was. Right. And I mean, you know, no offense to the, the team that was doing it, because I know we're talking about Frank Oz here. But the lines were delivered and it just looked like that's a puppet quacking the lines out. Yeah, it's not a natural character kind of speaking. He was trying to be younger and all this other kind of stuff, but the execution just fell flat. And I had a hard time watching Yoda without seeing a Muppet. Mm-hmm. See, my issue is, you know, he was nine hundred year old years old when he died. I mean, and we're talking what thirty years? Is he really going to mm-hmm. look that different? I mean, no, right? no, he's not. <laughs> so, I mean, give him a little more hair or something. Yeah, that's fine. Those <laughs> last thirty years were a downfall. I guess. Well, I guess hard. they were. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Let's just go ahead and go. Uh, each person would give it a star rating. So, Brad, how many stars out of five? Two. Mm. Two. Okay. All right, David. One. Oh wow. Okay. All right, I give it two and a half. I give it two and a half. Jeff, how about you? Uh, two. One for Williams and one for McGregor. <laughs> Nothing for Liam Neeson. Jeez. Yeah, mine was for Duel of the Fates and the lightsaber you, battle. That's you it. said it, Dayton. He didn't have a whole lot to work with. He's awesome, right, but they didn't right. give him. They didn't give him more. So all right, all right, Scott, how about you? Uh, one. All my star ratings are relative to each other, and I think of the six things that we talk about. I'm not going to drop a five. Because okay. none right. of them weren't a five for me, but all right. all let's right. get to one. I'm with all you right. on that. Yep. All right. Let's move on to Attack of the Clones. There aren't enough Jedi to protect the Republic. We're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. I will create a grand army of the Republic to counter the increasing threats of the Separatists. Begun this Clone War has... PG. Uh, released on May 16, 2002. Uh, written by George Lucas and Jonathan Hales, because apparently he needed help with dialogue. Um, <laughs> he didn't get much. Directed by George Lucas, shot mostly at Fox Studios in Australia because it was cheaper. Uh, location on location shooting included Tunisia, Italy, and Spain. Uh, this is the first feature film to completely be shot on a high definition digital 24 frame system, which is pretty cool. Had an estimated budget of $115 million and it would make over $600 million worldwide. So obviously not as good as <laughs> the Phantom Menace. Got, people got burned and said, eh, maybe yeah. I'll wait till it hits video. <laughs> so 
Um, now my story on this one is I saw it twice on opening day. Now I didn't go to a midnight showing or whatever, but at the day it opened, I went to a 10 a.m. showing at Springdale. So you guys all have a frame of reference. Mm-hmm. I was down mm-hmm. one hallway, watched it once, walked past the concession stand, bought more snacks, went to the other <laughs> side of the building, sat down again and watched it again. Let me just tell you, this is before the really comfy seats. So oh, my ass yeah. hurt so bad because <laughs> that's a solid two, you know, five hours sitting in those. Yeah. Hours. So, uh, but anyway, okay. So uh, Dave, we're gonna start with you this time. Give us okay. something you like about attack of the clones. So one of my favorite scenes from this movie is when Anakin's on Tatooine and he goes to find his mom. Uh, it's when he gets on the speeder and he's going to find her. And with the, the building of the music, yeah, just an absolutely incredible shot and scene right there. But just to to add on to that is when he comes back and he's visibly upset that he killed everybody, including the kids, and he explains that to Padme. Um, just that whole scene, that whole sequence, I absolutely loved that, and I thought that was great. Yeah, that's actually one of the things that I really enjoyed about it too. I I know it sounds bad. I kind of wish we'd have had more of him. Yeah, destroying the t- Tuscans. Um, but that could have gotten pretty violent. (laughs) So, (laughs) but yeah, no, that's a great, it's probably one of the, as far as performances out of Hayden Christensen is probably one of his better moments to be really honest. So Mm -hmm. I think that's the moment that menacing, he, he, that menacing glare he gives on the speeder. I think that's the moment we see Vader for the first time. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Very good. All right. All right. Well, that was easy enough. All right. Um, One of the things I liked uh, the casting of Christopher Lee as Dooku. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. It's freaking Christopher Lee. It's you know? Lee. <laughs> <laughs> he gets to be in this trilogy. He got to be in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Man. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a way to end your career. So, yep. uh, and Lee was just, um, it gave it a, an air of even coolness of almost royalty because of who he is, mm-hmm. um, made it a little more legitimate almost in a way. I don't know. I just thought that was a brilliant. When I heard about it, I was like, that's cool. I didn't even care who well, he's playing. He was just going to be on the screen. I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't he turn down Grand Moff Tarkin in yes, 77? He did. And his rival, Peter Cushing, takes it. So <laughs> right? I liked it, too, because it was like, well, we don't have Peter Cushing, but now we got Christopher Lee. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I just feel like he they could have given him a better name. Dooku. 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 Like, Every time I hear it, I'm kind of like, that sounds like a, a goofy name for poop. You won't win this time. <laughs> That's okay. <Dooku. laughs> well, you could call him Tyrannus if you wanted to, because that was his yeah. alter ego. So why not? You know? Uh, so I don't know. Anyway. Okay. So Jeff, something you like about Attack of the Clones. Age appropriate Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and, you know, again, I know we can slam the bad writing, but uh, if if you've if you've seen the film... Uh, it's a Kevin Klein movie called Life as a House, mm. where Hayden Christensen plays his son. If we could have had that Hayden Christensen in in the Star Wars prequels, wow! Because like he it, that that guy is a great actor. Mm-hmm. It's just he doesn't get the ability to to show it in these prequels. Um, but regardless of the the acting, or I'm sorry, regardless of the dialogue, I still loved his performance as Anakin, mm-hmm. and okay. uh, just just seeing him look like someone that actually can have a relationship with Natalie Portman that, that made it made it <laughs> way creepy. creepy and yeah, not creepy. And, uh, you know, but, you know, I mean, it still had its creep factor. I mean, you know, you guys mentioned him, you know, you know, he's like, he slaughters all the Tuscan Raiders and, uh, 
the fact that she stays by his side that that tells me everything I need to know about these women that write letters to serial killers in prison. You know, just, it makes it made sense. You know, well, it may, to be fair, he was his mom just got killed by these things. So I mean, it's is there any one of us in this group that would say, uh, no, I wouldn't have done that. I mean, like I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure I would have gone dark for uh, you know to get my revenge. You know, yep. I definitely uh, would have killed all the men, but I, and, and women maybe and some women that fought, but I, I'm drawing the line at children. Like, well, these. I would have too, but it, still, <laughs> you know, he was in a rage, you know, he was, totally that's rage, true. So. He was, he was blood drunk. So I guess it's okay, but, <laughs> but it's a, it's a race crime. He goes against the entire <laughs> oh, camp. Oh, <laughs> like, really? oh well. <laughs> Jeez, Scott. No, he said, no, Scott, it's okay because he says they're they're like animals and he slaughters them like animals. So oh, God. Yeah. Okay. So he gives that explanation to a girl that he literally just started dating. Yeah. Like, hey, you yeah. know what? He was being honest. And yeah. you know, women yeah, okay. always want honesty. So. Chicks dig honesty, Scott. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh I, wait, 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 she's gonna not, find wait, out. Let's not get to the dislikes already. Come on, Scott. Yeah, easy, right. Scott. <laughs> Sorry, just edit me out. That's fine. Uh. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Scott, it's your turn to pick something you like. See if you can find um, something. Go ahead. <laughs> no, well, for me, uh, for this movie specifically, um, it's a it's a you know minor thing, but the sonic charge from yes. Slave Oh yeah. That's one of that my favorite scenes. I love that yeah. of sound design. Not yep. only uh, you know, the the big, it just sounds like somebody's strumming on a guitar, uh, but the use of negative space with it. I remember mm-hmm. sitting yeah. in the theater and I thought for a sec that something happened to uh, the sound in the theater. And I was like, <laughs> Seismic charges. Stand by. Oh, oh, that was on purpose. Oh, <laughs> shit, that's kind of cool. Right. So I thought there are a lot of things that I do like about this movie. Um, there are a lot of things that just there's enough that makes me dislike it. But there's a lot of cool things like that, that I think if you edited out all of the love story stuff, it would still be a pretty solid movie. Let's go to the dislikes again. Quit it. Please, he all keeps right. cheating. He keeps cheating just a little no! bit every time. My God. You know. <laughs> You know, all right, Brad, something you like. Um, well, George Lucas's comment of that he doesn't listen to reviews or comments by fans is completely false because he definitely <laughs> did when he made this film. Because as you said before, second screenwriter to mm-hmm. flush out some of that goofy dialogue. And um, you could tell within the first five minutes and it did give me a sense of relief a little bit right the, the movie's got a uh, it's not as bright uh, it's got a little bit of a darker tone especially at the beginning and and starting the film off with a death yeah you know right nice. away an assassination, assassination attempt, attempt. Yeah. you know i thought it, it you know it's not it's not a great movie but at least it had some comfortability in knowing that the rumor that there was only going to be one scene with Jar Jar Binks and that somebody <laughs> stuck to it. Cause yeah, he was like, Oh, I don't care what you guys think about Jar. He's going to be in, he was in it for what a minute too. <laughs> he, he wasn't in very much. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, David, something else you like? Something else I like? Um, I can think of a few more. I mean, come on. I the all the lightsaber fighting in Geonosis. Yes, I thought that was absolutely incredible because that's the first time we've seen so many Jedi's, and when all their lightsabers were lighting up across around the uh, stadium, oh man, that was just so incredible. Yes, it was. I remember. I, uh, I thought I was, the battle on the clone planet was pretty awesome outside with the rain and Jango yeah. and Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Pretty, that's pretty on great. Camino. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I remember at, I was at Star Wars uh, Celebration when it was still in Indianapolis, and um, they kept running the trailer. This is before, right, right before, like weeks before this came out, and it always closed on that scene inside the stadium where all the lightsabers were flying around and they're mm-hmm. fighting all the the aliens and all the. And I'm like, oh my god, look at all the Jedi! I was so excited. I was so happy. It was uh, awesome. Yeah, it was. It was pretty freaking cool because it's my. Um, it's my favorite, uh, we'll call it class of Star Wars universe is the Jedi characters, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so to see that many on screen for the first time was super, super cool. So yep. I agree. Well, and just a, just a quick moment to give credit to the people who put the trailers together for these movies. Yeah. Because there was a long time when any, I would see the movies and I'd be like, no, I'm not watching it again. Can't stand these movies. Then I'd see the trailer and I'm like, Okay. All right. Maybe if I close my eyes <laughs> and cover my ears when this character is on, it'll be okay. And it would it would trick me several times into seeing these movies again. Um, so I mean, the trailers are really well done. <laughs> um, I I want to take uh, David's comment and move it one step further. The whole battle on Geonosis is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, when the clones mm-hmm. show up and all the you know, new equipment we have, and um, I thought that was really really cool. It was the the first time in that universe we got to see a large scale ground battle. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. we saw one in Endor, but not to this size, you know, right. not um, with this many, you know, with those, all, all those artillery, all these ships and everything else. And um, I, I liked that. I thought that was really, really cool. And and what that whole battle gave birth to with the cartoon of the clone wars, right. um, you know, introducing us to new characters. Like, you know, we get commander Cody for the first time, um, you know, in that one, we see commander Cody in, in revenge of the Sith too. Um, but just what was to come from that just, you know, helped to build that. I agree. That was an incredible battle. Well, the one design of the clothes army, the clone army too is mm-hmm. brilliant because you're just not giving us like, you know, pre stormtroopers, even though that's what they're essentially supposed to be like the, the design of their armor, the, uh, the differences you see between them, like the way that they designed the ships. Yep. It's not just kind of retreading what we're seeing in the, the original trilogy. Uh, it's giving us something really unique that they just ran with. In yeah. Clone Wars. I mean, we got officers as, as clone troopers, which we'd never seen before, you know, right. Right, you know, right. they got different colors and stuff on them. I loved that. Yep. Well, and, and there's different talking, weapons for different levels and, you know, some yeah. heavy blasters, some has, you know, so yeah, there was, they really took some time and developed an army truly. An mm-hmm. army. Yeah. Yep. Jeff. You know, talking talking likes about uh, this movie and the, that awesome battle on Geonosis. Um, I think when you're strong with the Force, you know, you it's very easy to read people's minds. I'm going to just read. I've, I'm I'm reading all of our minds, and you, you got to talk likes. Natalie Portman conveniently the the creature conveniently tearing her shirt <laughs> into like a, 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 yeah. a crop top. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> she brought the heat in that scene. She, she, she's strong. It's the first time we get to see her like really fight and take care of herself. Um, and just, yeah. Yeah. All right. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, Scott, do you have anything else you like? Cause I have a couple more. If you don't go ahead. Um, 
So uh, for me, one of the other things I want to mention is just, you know, I know we're going to get into like favorite characters and whatnot, but this is where Obi-Wan really starts to stand out for me. You see yes. the charisma that Ewan McGregor is able to pour on in it. Um, I didn't pile on when we were talking about him and the Phantom Menace because I didn't like him as much in Phantom Menace. He was kind uh, of a jerk at times, wasn't he? He is a bit arrogant. He's a Padawan. Uh, I know. Yeah, he's learning. And, and the Padawan haircut kind of bugged me too. Like the, <laughs> was the little ponytail. Yeah. Um, but he, it's just the the Obi-Wan that we're looking forward to seeing in the new series started here. Yeah, yeah. Started yeah. in this movie. Yeah. And I really appreciate what uh, Ewan McGregor uh, did with it. And I loved all the scenes where he has that like that smirk that comes across. You can see he's having more fun with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you start to see the Alec Guinness in him. Yeah. You yeah. really do in that one. And you see well, him building on that so much more. It's yep. kind of like, not only am I doing an honor to what Alec Guinness did, but I'm taking it further and making it my own. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and it's such a good moment for him too, because he gets to really flesh it out where he's being the mentor, but he also has those fun moments where they're almost like brothers, but he's also a father figure. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I really like when he, when he, you know, sometimes Anakin needs to be checked and, you know, like, you know, he's like, you know, you will learn, you will know your place or you will in your place. <laughs> young, right. young Pat Padawan. I like it, you know, yeah. so me too. He's great in it. All right. So I have a question for the, the group. Where does everybody fall on the Yoda versus Dooku fight? Like it or no? Wow. I like it. <laughs> I mean, for as bad as the CGI was in Phantom Menace, it definitely changed for this film. And I think it looks okay because it's so fast. Because yeah. it is so quick, you can't really get a good look at it to see how bad if it looks bad. And because it's so fast going, it, I think it works. All right. I remember seeing in the theater. And I remember when Yoda takes his robe off, mm-hmm. the place erupted it did. with yeah, cheers it did. Mm-hmm. because it's something we thought we'd never see. And I loved it. But in retrospect, I'm not a big fan of it. It's again, it's too much CGI, too much speed bouncing around and flips, flips, backflips. It's just, it's, it's hard to keep up with. And I don't really care for it. I completely agree, Jeff. Uh, I wish Yoda would have stayed out of that. I wish that would have been a, a battle between Obi-Wan, Anakin and Count Dooku. And I don't want to jump ahead, Revenge of the Sith, but how many times is Obi-Wan going to get trapped under something? I mean, I mean <laughs> yeah. come, come on. Come on. He's Obi-Wan Kenobi for crying out loud. Well, that's the ongoing joke that, you know, it's always Anakin that saves him. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, it's still... All right, Scott, where, how were you on this one? <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember not liking it when I first saw it because I thought it was a little uncharacteristic. Like, Yoda is this guy that in the originals, he was impressing with barely making any movements. Um, mm-hmm. I think they did a smart move in the next one where, you know, when he's going to have the fight with Palpatine, he walks into the room and he just kind of like shrugs his shoulders and knocks out the two guards. Mm-hmm. If there could have been more subtle things from Yoda, like showing his strength without having to, uh, to do a lot. Uh, I think that would have been um, just as good, but then more recently um, I've come to, I've come to appreciate it for what it is. Um, you give a chance to see that side of Yoda, see him be a little bit more active. He's not always just going to be, you know, trotting along with the cane. Um, right. So I, I think it works. And I agree with Brad, the way that they shot it, making it look like, you know, um, Dooku is, is fighting a flea. That's like, you know, <laughs> jumping faster than anybody can see. 
is a smart way to do it because then you're not going to get like the the blade uh trinity effect of showing like a rubbery yoda (laughs) right Mm -hmm. i i will admit i remember i like it um i don't love it it was nice to see uh the difference you see this very old creature who walks around on the cane that all of a sudden can totally whip your ass and -hmm. then it's over he picks his cane back up i'm cool you know i'm gonna save my energy for next time you know and um but i i agree i like the evolution they figured out okay wait let's try this a little bit better next time so in the in the next movie i definitely think um they handled it better Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't hate i agree with that but you know i it was it was fun to see that's because we'd never seen it before so yeah. It, yeah. You wanted to see it, but at the same time, you know, and Frank Oz does such a good thing with his voice where you can hear Yoda's age, you know, mm-hmm. when, when he's got that cane and he, he kind of, he does like the, the dad voice, the dad sounds like when he sits down or gets up, you know, uh, you know. Uh, for him to just drop his cane and turn superhuman, just as like, <laughs> is, is the cane a lie or what did he just have a burst of adrenaline, you know, it's like, using the force. Come on. Now. Yep. See, Jeff, you know, you're the overthinking force. it. <laughs> okay. Overthinking it. All right. Okay. Midichlorians. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to dislikes. David, you're first. Here's my sigh for this one. <laughs> I really, I know we needed the romance between Anakin and Padme uh, because, you know, they obviously had to give us the twins in the third one. But their romance just felt so off in this one and in Revenge of the Sith. It felt forced. None of it felt natural or fluid like a romance would be. Um, Again, I'm going to blame some of the dialogue uh, between the two of them. It just, no. And just, you know, the whole scene where they're on Naboo and they're out on the field and, you know, he's on top of one of of those creatures already trying to balance himself. And it just... None of that worked for me at all. So when they all of a sudden get married into this film, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Well, they almost died together. So that brought them close together, which I I have heard that does happen. People, they get into these uh, really dangerous situations and they come out of it together. Suddenly they're super close and they're bonded. And so I, no, you're right. This, the romance um, is, is painful to watch. It is. It is. But I think uh, if, I mean, we need it. We do. If I could interject something. I, I think this. I think their relationship is a good. Is it's a great example of a toxic relationship. When you see two people that aren't right for each other, but just slam together and are terrible to each other or terrible for each other, and it ends badly. And we've all we've all had those those friends that have been in those relationships. And I I, I kind of feel like you, when you think about that, you're like, well, how did they even get together in the first place? You know. I look at it now like like them just being in a toxic relationship rather than them just being like it being less believable. I, I think that's how I look at it, anyways. But I'm going to blame the dialogue again. <laughs> well, yes, yeah. dialogue. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> the dialogue and the lack of direction. I don't like yeah. sand. <laughs> of course, gets everywhere. It's everywhere. It's it's everywhere. <laughs> okay, so one of my biggest complaints um, is okay. The assassin, not the first assassination at the at the docking bay, huh? Um, when they built <laughs> the ship, I, I, okay, sure, that's fine. Um, Zam Wessel is a useless character. Yep. And let me, mm-hmm. I mean, good, you agree? Let me explain why. Um, if Jango Fett is so awesome and he's hired to be cloned, why the hell isn't he doing the job? 
He's like, my Question. client's getting impatient. Well, why don't you slack ass mother? Why don't you do it? You know, you're just, <laughs> you know, th- that's just the beginning of my problem with that whole sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, I'm not a person that believes Obi-Wan would have jumped through the window. That's more of an Anakin move. Agreed. Okay? But yeah. really honest. That's an, an that's a whole Anakin thing. Yep. And then that entire chase sequence takes way too freaking long. Okay. Get rid of Zam. Django tries to, tries to kill the Senator. Anakin jumps out the window. You know, Obi-Wan goes to help and it becomes mm-hmm. a chase maybe across the rooftops. You know, he doesn't hit and Django's got to get to his ship and he starts to fly away. And maybe um, one of them does a force pull and yanks his jetpack off. So he lands on the top of the building, have them interact, have them fight there. And then Django still takes a pot shot at one of them and say, Obi-Wan catches the dart or force stops the dart and catches it. And they still have the dart. They still have to go find out where this guy came from, which makes the visit to Camino even more intense because mm-hmm. you get there. We don't see that. We, you know, we see the armor, not him. So we know, Oh, it is the same dude. And then it be the whole interaction becomes way more intense. So as much, I mean, like I said, not blaming the character. It seemed to me like George came up with that character. I want a changeling. Let's figure out a way to jam that character into this story because mm-hmm. it's, it's she's useless. She's basically the equivalent of the pneumatic tube that we used to have at the banks. You know, you pull up <laughs> and something because Django hands the centipedes to her. She walks around the corner on the ledge, plugs it into a droid and sends it on its way. Like he could have done that. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's, that just seems to be, um, what a lazy ass. You know, he's, yeah. getting, he, he's getting most of the money. She's just getting a small cut and she's the one in danger, mm-hmm. not him. So Dayton, I don't know. that bothers me. Dayton am, I, Dayton, am I allowed to have a like about your dislike? You go right ahead. <laughs> I think slack ass mother is going to be my new go-to for any time I have to make a disparaging <laughs> comment about someone. I, that was awesome, man. I loved it. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, you're very welcome. As long as I get a copyright on that and uh, I get yeah. <laughs> some money every time you say it. <laughs> uh jeff something you don't like uh, well um all jokes aside and, and kind of building off what you had said about your dislike i kind of feel like in attack of the clones the plot is starting to get a little convoluted mm-hmm. um you know you got you got someone like christopher lee playing count dooku who is also darth uh tyrannus who is uh in secret playing uh, playing the part of uh Lord Master Sifo-Dyas, it's as you know. Even watching it now, I'm like, wait, who's who? I almost need like a chart mm-hmm. to keep track of of everybody because like there's too many people with too many identities, and there's just too much going on. Um, so, I'm, I'm I would if I had a dislike, I'd say it's probably that the plot's just getting a little little hairy for me. Mm-hmm. All right. So, real quick, does anybody else have any kind of problem with the fact that nobody thought it was Newt Gunray that was trying to have the Senator assassinated? I mean. How can we have all these wise Jedi and all these people trying to figure it out? Nobody went, you know, the guy she tried to put in jail because he tried to take over her planet. Could it be him? Maybe. Why not? I mean, how freaking stupid do you have to be to not even consider him as a possibility? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like I'm sitting in the back going, watching this movie going, it's Newt Gunray. Come on. <laughs> they even mentioned that he, got, he didn't even go to jail or anything. I'm like, it's Newt Gunray. Come on. And then he they, shows up. protectors of the peace. They're not detectives. Uh, no, no, <laughs> that's that's actually part of their job is investigation. Yeah. So yeah. no, that's, well, they, med- they like to meditate on it. You know? they, yeah. Well, they should have freaking figured it out. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
Moving on. Scott, something you don't like about this movie. Uh, this is one of the times when Padme's ridiculous costume changes really got. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, going back to Jeff's comment, the simplest outfit she wears is the one that she gets slashed in and cut down to a midriff. But everything else, like the, and I guess the scene where it hit me the most was when she's packing to go away <laughs> with Anakin and she's got one little tiny ass suitcase on there. We've seen an entire movie where you can't have a scene change without having her have a complete <laughs> outfit change. And I'm not talking about like, you know, oh, I, I changed this sweater. I changed, you know, uh, a shirt. No, it's got to be the, all this elaborate, like probably takes a team of people to change this person's clothes. Even when they're trying to kind of like sneak around in secret, uh, she's wearing like the equivalent of a chandelier all over the place. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, maybe we could walk away from all of the elaborate costumes in this one. I j- it just felt like they were really extraneous for the kind of movie it was supposed to be. Yeah. Scott, now hear this. The first thing we do is dump the matched luggage. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I know. Didn't he watch Spaceballs? <laughs> Didn't Lucas watch Spaceballs? <sighs> no, I mean, she's, she she's, probably, not, she's not royalty anymore. She's a senator. Why does she dress yeah. like she's still a royalty? I'm just well, how long? How many hours does it take for her to do her hair and makeup? Even in the first movie, like you know, how much is she getting done for in, in office? Because if she, it takes her like ten hours to get ready, <laughs> I don't know. Not a lot, I don't think. Brad, dislike. Uh, well, Dave already hit the love story, but I'm going to have to say um, Obi-Wan Kenobi going into um, Dave Clark's 50s cafe. <laughs> or, uh, I just w- what was with that and the chef know, coming kinda, out. He's one of those cloners. I kind of like that, that scene, to be whole sequence of him in the diner. And that's where the CGI looks the worst. Yeah, I think terrible. in that in that mm-hmm. diner sequence, I I don't think you needed that character either. I think he could have found all this out with, like I said, he's a Jedi, you know? Yeah. It was like, you're not a detective, but what are you doing trying to figure all this out? And the fact that he had to go to somebody comical just to put in a big special effect and to throw another toy out there. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't stand that part. They're just, you know, when you think about the, yeah. Well, when you think about the mustache that, that that alien had and the way he dressed and the way he he spoke, just save some money. Put Walter Matthau in that scene. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's that's who he was. You know. I do like yeah, the fact that just, as, he, as he's walking, it gives him a hug. He uses one of his arms to pull his pants up. Yeah. Sorry, I just thought that was funny. I, I, I to be fair, I like that. Um, you're right. It's an extra scene that we don't necessarily need, but he explains it because it doesn't show up in the Jedi archives. So he had yeah. someplace who, who obviously has a background, both with him and you know what he used to do. And he figured, oh, I know where this is from. He's even told mm-hmm. you. But yeah, the, the CG on him is not the greatest. But Mm-mm. I, I still yeah. kind of like that scene because the yeah, aesthetic. It, I mean, it's it's a it's a nod to American Graffiti. We all know that. Oh yeah, right? yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's fun, but it's also unnecessary. Anybody else want to jump on it? Any last things they don't like? Wow, that was actually kind of nice considering <laughs> how much I, Scott was. I think our, (laughs) I I don't know. I can't speak for all you guys, but my expectation when seeing this film for the first time was just be better than the Phantom Menace. Yes. And that's really all I wanted. And that was what was delivered. And I saw that they checked the boxes that I wanted checked of. Don't do that. Instead, (laughs) do that. And they got a good portion of it, right? You know, it started to feel more like, 
you know, the descent of Darth Vader. It, it was still hard to buy their relationship, but I went with it. I, I went, mm. you know, I went with it, but in all of its flaws, it, it exceeded my expectations because my expectations were so low. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I think we all can agree. on mm-hmm. it. Okay. Let's give it a star rating. Uh, we'll just go in order. Uh, Brad, how many stars out of five? I'll give it three. David. I'll give it a three. I agree. Three. Jeff. I'm going to go three. Scott. Yep. I'm going to disagree. No, I'm going to give it three. (laughs) (laughs) Smart ass. (laughs) All right. Moving on to easily the best of the prequels. Oh, yeah. On May 19th, the Jedi must unite. Oh, I have a bad feeling about this. To fight the ultimate battle. Crush them. Against the evil Sith Lord and his new apprentice, Darth Vader. Oh, no. Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Rated PG-13. Uh, Revenge yes. of the Sith, written and directed by George Lucas. Shot at Fox Studios in Australia, as well as on location in Thailand, Switzerland, China, Italy, and the UK. Uh, estimated budget of $113 million. It eventually earned over $800 million worldwide. Uh, I actually got to go to a midnight showing of this one uh, in Springdale. A friend of mine at the time, uh, Dana, who is a friend of the show and lives out in Colorado. How's it going, Dana? Um, so, yeah, this was, uh, like I said, the, probably the best. Um, I'll start. Uh, the entire opening sequence um, of this movie, all the way until they land half a ship, is just so so good and Mm -hmm. because you're like you know the battle over i mean and if you watch the the one the cartoon network clone wars it literally leads right up to the movie like you can finish watching that go to the movie and like oh that's where it is um it's it's very cool i love the space battle uh i love when they get on the ship to go rescue the only thing i really dislike about it is when Obi Wan says you know sith lords are our speciality i'm like seriously dude you got your ass kicked last time and the, and the one yeah. guy, you know, killed your, 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 your teacher. So are they really your speciality? I mean, come on, that was a stupid line. Um, but the rest of it, I really, really liked. It's a great way to open a movie. And I was kind of like, Holy crap, George figured out how to direct. Look at yeah. that. <laughs> he figured out how to put action sequences together. <laughs> so there, all right. Uh, Jeff, something you like from revenge of the Sith. Uh, Anakin's complete descent to the dark mm. side uh i love it um not just because it's expected we knew it was going to happen but <clears throat> i like the uh i like the torment that you get to see him go through because watching this again recently i i clearly see it he's being used by everybody mm-hmm. i mean yeah. the jedi are using him the uh the sith are using him you know and when you think about the the opening crawl uh, the text crawl for this one, you know, it, it clearly states there are heroes on both sides. Evil is everywhere. And when you, when you read that, you're like, wait, how can there be heroes on both sides? You know, Anakin is, is he's made to be a puppet by, by the, by everybody, you know? Yep. And it's, it's, it really, uh, I think it speaks volumes to why he makes the choices that he does mm-hmm. and what, what prompts him to do the things that he does in this movie, because, 
who do who do you trust? You know, if you find out that, you know, you're being misled by one party, but the people that the other people that you trust are just using you to get back at the, you know, I, I totally love that. Mm-hmm. I, I just I don't know. I just love that uh, he's manipulated, and it yeah. it, it 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 clearly uh, for me it it shows how how it's easy for him to make the decision, the ultimate decision that he that he does. All right, Scott. For me, I think it's seeing uh, Palpatine's turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's really as, and I totally agree with uh, Jeff and what you're saying. I think uh, you know the speech that Obi Wan gives is there. You know, somebody else can get on that. But um, seeing Palpatine's turn, like for a couple of movies, we're just seeing this kind of you know the senator until he's a hologram, and then he's got the robes on and and whatnot. But to um, to see the fun that uh, Ian McDermott uh, was having with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the physical changes that he goes through um, to, to show it. I mean, there are some makeup decisions that might change, but um, I think all in all, he did a really great job of uh, taking the emperor out for the first time. Yeah. Well, it's like we, we really get a, a glimpse of him in that opening sequence when he tells, uh, you know, Anakin to kill Duke. He goes, do it. You know, you hear that. Do it. There it is. There it is. Do it. <laughs> yeah. One of the bad things is that all the dialogue in that scene where he's like, get it's a guy like, oh, for God's yeah. Sake. <laughs> but you know, to, to, to add on to what Scott's saying, I thought Ian McDermott did a fantastic job in the whole prequel trilogy. Yeah. Um, yeah. His performance was just great. I mean, we knew who, who he was becoming and to see that turn in revenge of the Sith was just like, yes, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost it's almost like the first two movies were like a trial for Lucas. Yeah. Like, oh, I haven't done this in a long time. Let me see if I can remember. And and then he and he finally gets it right. So, uh, Brad, something you like? Um, well, you were talking about the trailers earlier. Out of all the prequels, this one had the best teaser trailer. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a teaser trailer with Alec Guinness talking about you know, over a thousand generations. And it just leads into that shot of him turning around with the eyes and the, the hood. Yep. Yep. That was the yeah. best teaser trailer out of all of them. And I like how they kind of went out of the box on this movie, him slashing out younglings, you know, him sitting there being burned out to a crisp, you know <laughs> I mean? That was looking that I was like, Ew, that's disgusting. <laughs> but like everyone else, I agree. I love it. When Ian McDermott, once he just was like, I don't care who knows anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Palpatine. I've been doing it. The <laughs> what you gonna do about time. it? You know, he was kind of like, <laughs> almost like Alonzo in training day being like, I've been planning this all week, <laughs> you know, type of thing. Like I've been doing this. Like, he just d- doesn't once like Mace Windu and everybody comes in. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to slaughter all you. I'm all the Sith. I don't care who knows now. And he yep. just goes full on just nuts on him. I, lo- I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to admit that was disappointing. Like the four Jedi walk in there and like literally the other three are like gone in like five seconds. No time. Yeah. Like, it's like, seriously, <laughs> do you guys suck that bad? Or is this window that good? So no, it's uh, yep. yeah. Brad. All right, David. Order 66. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you said that. That was just yes. on my mind. <laughs> um, that whole sequence again, with the music building, with watching the Jedi is getting killed by the clones turning on them. All of that was just fantastic. But leading into and one of my favorite shots of the entire movie is when Anakin is leading the clone troops into the Jedi temple. Yeah. And it's it's the shots looking straight down at them. Yeah. And you just see him leading the clone troopers in there. 
that is as close as you can get to a Nazi shot as you can get of, of mm-hmm. you know, going into uh, killing innocent people. And, you know, when he goes in and all the younglings are in there where the Jedi uh, Council was, and, you know, when he lights up the light, well, you don't see it, but you hear lighting up the lights, you know what's happening. He's killing all of these kids. Just that whole sequence, I thought, was just the best part of this whole movie. Well, no, you, I mean, you do, you get to see the lightsaber because you do flinch. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. flinch kid, that that yeah. kid gives. That's what it was. Yeah. Makes that scene everything it should be. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm glad we didn't see anything else because that just ending <laughs> right there makes it like your mind can think whatever you're thinking is going to be way worse than what they could have shown anyways. Right. But yeah, for, you know, for him to like wipe out a bunch of kids mm-hmm. again, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for the second time in this right? trilogy, <laughs> yeah. To go back to what Dayton was saying for the yeah. first one, see George, you don't have to tell us everything. You don't have to right? show us mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, leave some of it to our imagination. His descent. My only complaint about his descent. I mean, I, he gets played the whole time, and you're right, Jeff. He's getting used by both sides. You know, the, he doesn't trust the Jedi. They don't. He doesn't. I mean, to be fair, they're not really giving him the respect he kind of deserves. He gets a little whiny mm-hmm. about it too many times. Um, and then, of course, you have Palpatine going, oh, you're better than them. You're going to be, the, you know, he's just totally inflating this guy and just working him over. And it's just so funny. And then all of a sudden, you know, Windu's got, you know, Palpatine trapped and he's like, wait, you can't kill him. Here's Anakin like spouting, you know, the Jedi code. Oh, you can't kill him. He's got to, you know, you know, be the got to go to the courts and everything else. And then. Oh, just kidding. You know, I'm going to cut your hand off. And, and, and um, I, 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 yeah, it just, it, it just like a switch went off a little bit too fast, but mm-hmm. everything else for his descent is just super, super well done, super well mm-hmm. done, especially at the opera. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, he's kind of convincing him, Hey, guess what? I can teach you how to save your wife. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Sucker. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, this is easily of the of the prequels the most interesting and exciting I think overall. I don't. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of times in this one where there's a lull. You know, there's always something going on. There's always something interesting and yep. uh, to keep us going. Well, what's next? What happens next? What happens next? And I was super happy to get more Jimmy Smiths as Bail Organa. We didn't get yes. quite enough. Yeah, I like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was he's great. 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 All right, Jeff. Anything else you want to talk about that you like about this one? All right, Scott. Anything? I'm I'm kind of surprised nobody's mentioned the. Anakin Obi Wan duel at the end. That was the one I was going to mention. Okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was oh, going to yeah. say because I told my list, I was like, I'll let somebody else say it. I'm like, I can't believe nobody's mentioned that yet. No, I mean that's the one thing that was we were all waiting for. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. we all wanted oh, to yeah. see Anakin and Obi Wan fight and Anakin turning into Darth Vader. We all wanted to see that and experience it because we've been we've known about it for years. We didn't even before they were decided to do this prequel trilogy. You know, yeah. we wanted to see that. That was even when the Phantom Menace came out. We were anticipating the ending of this prequel trilogy because we wanted to see that. But again, here's where Ewan McGregor shines. Um, you know, his performance of, you know, you know, I loved you. You were my brother, you know, and just the, that, that torment you can, he's feeling, you know, knowing that he cannot pull Anakin out of this anymore. He has to kill Anakin now. And just, you can see that battling inside of himself and he doesn't have a choice. Uh, I mean, he even warns him, you know, I have the high ground and, you know, and Anakin doesn't listen and goes for it. And it was great. I love that final fight. Mm -hmm. You can tell when film is sped up to make the action look a little bit more intense. Mm -hmm. But these two guys, you could tell when 
and did so much homework on, you know, stunt coordinating and fight coordinating. I mean, it just kind of keeps going on, but you can tell it's like, man, they really, really did the work. And Mm -hmm. I've never had to do any kind of like anything like that. Just trying to get my head around of remembering where your body's going to go in such a fast amount of time. And for a long amount of time, I mean, they really stepped it up as far as you know, athletic ability. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure they trained that for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it paid off. Yeah, it did. Let's move on to dislikes. All right. So my (laughs) biggest dislike of this particular film, um, any scene with Padme and Anakin pretty much. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. okay, Let me, let me explain. Uh, And we mentioned it when we're talking about the last movie as well. There's just no organic relationship there. Mm -mm. Um, Yeah. And it's, I agree. And well, every time, like, Padme tries to cry, like especially when uh, she can see that the Jedi Temple is being you know attacked. It's like that's such a forced cry, mm-hmm. and it's like the relation. Like even Jeff mentioned earlier, the toxic relationship they have. It's a horrible relationship, and I'm like, but I don't, none of the scenes together. Yeah, and these are good so actors. Yes, they these are. These are good actors too. It's just not done. I don't know if it's just dialogue. I don't know if it's direction. It's just, it's all of it together. They're just, those are my least favorite scenes out of this entire movie. If I, I if I could just skip those, yep. you know, go right to the next mm-hmm. scene, I, I'd be happy. I agree completely, Dayton. All right, Jeff, something you hate. Uh, my major dislike with this, uh, talking about Padme again, uh, her death. Yep. I think yeah. it is absolutely lazy on the part of the writers to to do what they did because for them to say you know and again it's this is one of those things that's fueling anakin's motivation mm-hmm. to join the dark side to save her for them to for that droid to just be like medically she's in perfect health we don't know uh, you know what it's time to get a better healthcare provider because <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's well, that's ridiculous well as i say they, they had such a great opportunity early on they could have said anything in the in the star wars medical universe you know, that, that could have warned her carrying this child to, to full term will result in your death. And mm-hmm. she could have made the courageous decision to say, I'm having the baby no matter what. And that could have fueled his motivation. Like I'm going to save her no matter what, you know, I mean, you could even, you could even chalked it up to like when he goes all Ike Turner on her and chokes her out. <laughs> yeah. He could have said she's, she, she lost, she lost oxygen for too long they could have that's what i was gonna say literally they could have said anything but they just chose we she's just dying because because we need her to you know it's like yeah i hate i hate that moment okay every single time so here we go uh two things one um i think it was ridiculous that if somebody is supposed to be that far along when she gets down off that ship she's wearing a little white outfit are you are you kidding she barely looks four months pregnant (laughs) she's not carrying twins (laughs) exactly there's no way in hell she's carrying twins and moving around like that number two there is a a prevailing theory that she dies because palpatine pulls her life force to save anakin that's the ultimate reason and that's like that which which fine and it's one of the things we say, hey, don't overexplain. So it's kind of a leap of faith that we'd have to take because, I mean, we see Anakin. He's cooked. I mean, there's no way that hamburger <laughs> should live, okay? Great. So, um, <laughs> and so the, the theory is that Palpatine uses the Force because he's flat out said, you know, I can you know, know how to save people. And he sucks her life force and gives it to Anakin to save his life so he doesn't lose mm-hmm. his, his, his apprentice. Well, so, you know, in that scene where – you know, Vader's asking about Padme and he's like, uh, 
it appears in your rage you killed her you know I, that would that would add strength to that theory but you know sometimes right. like ultimately, a, a good ultimately, it's kind of lazy you're right yeah it is lazy Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was like my number one thing I dislike. So thanks for stealing that. But yes. yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Well, and this whole time, like, uh, you know, just to just to add one more <laughs> nitpick to it. Uh, she's carrying a baby. Though. They know they're going to have a baby. You know, hey, it's a boy. And she's like, Luke. OK, well, she's yeah. clearly, you know, and oh, wait, there's another baby. It's a girl. Leah. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Wow, you're just shooting from the hip here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we could have had a conversation earlier yeah. about maybe baby names. Yeah, I know, right? I don't know. Yeah, the big book of Jedi baby names. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something. <laughs> you know, for someone uh, that's about to die, like in ten seconds, she's quick to she's quick on coming up with good names for these kids. Yeah, know? yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just okay. I just didn't like how she how she how she died. Mm-hmm. Yep. Scott dislikes. <sighs> Um, that's sigh sigh again. That? <laughs> Sorry, no, it was well, just because I, some of the only things I had on here were the dialogue and the birthing scene. So, yeah, same. I mean, well, hey, if you got nothing all, to all complain about, cool. Said, yeah, <laughs> I've got mine. <laughs> okay, I'll give mine to Brad. All right, Brad, go ahead. Something you just okay. Like. I think it was the whole Darth Vader scene when mm. he has brought in, and instead of he goes right to Darth Vader. It's just like, oh, hey, we've got this outfit. It's just, you know, I'm like, I think there could have been, you know, maybe a, a starter suit, you know, or just something <laughs> to know we're working on that. But the fact that it was already made and they just hook it up and he's, oh, I can get up. And and the whole thing of the no, it, it just, yeah. I didn't, it was great to know that Darth Vader would eventually be there, but I don't even think we needed to show him. I don't think we needed to show Darth Vader and all this stuff. I think uh, just kind of a precursor to it or a little tease to it was just enough, especially when we got that kind of nice little dose in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Right. That kind of took care of it for us. So I don't think you need it here. It was just like, oh, let's pull him out. He's almost like Jeff said, he's, he's almost pretty much dead you know, and just hook him up to that. All right, you're good. It didn't seem, I felt really fast. It felt really quick. I think there's a passage of time that we don't get from the sequence. And, um, but when we see them standing on the bridge and there's uh, Tarkin and then um, you see them building, you know, would be the framework for the Death Star. It's like, Mm -hmm. um, obviously time has passed. So we don't really get that feeling so yeah no. to your point you're right it seems really really quick um in my mind i'm guessing it's been weeks that he's been you know because he's been they've been working on him the worst part of that scene is the no i just it's awful mm-hmm. um, the frank invader thing the frank invader yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly i just think that was to me there's a large passage of time that we just don't get we don't feel it i think it's mm-hmm. so um well but yeah, well, talking about Brad, talking you know Brad talking about how fast it happens. I mean, if you want to talk bad healthcare with the Republic, the Sith have terrible healthcare because, I mean, they pull him off the gurney. They don't even bother. To, I mean, okay, great. If you don't have a back to tank to at least try to help him out, <laughs> I get it. But can we at least cut the charred clothing off of him before we start snapping parts onto him and you know <laughs> screwing him back together? Because 
They didn't even try to clean him up. They're just like, a, you know, I mean, oh, those are singed to his skin, man. Those the stink on that, the stink on yeah, that guy. Those are a part <laughs> of his body now. Those aren't coming up. Yeah, <laughs> it's like at least, at least try to clean him up a little bit. Stop <laughs> picking at it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, agreed. I have two, but I'll be quick. Okay, first one is Count Dooku coming down when he sees Anakin and Obi Wan. And there's like three or four steps, but he must flip <laughs> through the steps. And that flip looks awful. And it's yes. like, it's nice enough to where they can superimpose Christopher Lee's face on the actor doing the stunts. That's great. And that looks really good. So stop there. But instead we're like, okay, but he's got to flip over. Why? Why does he have to flip over those three steps? And the one I completely forgot about general grievous, uh, just an awful character another really? one why does he have to have a he flinch sucks. why does he have to cough why okay. do robots have to cough he's that not doesn't a robot make any... he's not a robot I, but it's still it just it didn't it's, work it's like right. Vader. The, the, the subtlety behind it was that this being has been trying to extend his life mm-hmm. by all these parts all, all these robotics and all this stuff put on him but yet he still is not healthy he still has a cough he still cannot be a hundred percent healthy no matter what they attach to him he's still not you know he's still sick so agreed it was a little annoying um and it's one of those things like we don't want explanations but yet okay. that's kind of what that was knowing that now helps okay but i, I like I, the grievous character but well i i don't like the grievous character but i hated him enough to want to know to know why so i went down the rabbit hole into star wars nerdum apparently in a fight with another jedi the jedi crushed his chest cavity and that's why he has that with mace that, window that 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 cough yeah that's why he always is always, he's he doesn't have strong lung capacity because of that fight but he okay. still sucks well it's one of the things <laughs> that they fixed in the it's one of the things that they fixed in the the cg clone wars cartoon mm-hmm. see i'm gonna and have to watch this really now. well but the problem is like you know imagine a world where we're just seeing the movie just seeing grievous this is a standalone they made so many confusing kind of references as like yep. the droid general grievous and I know he's the general of the droids, but the way that he is designed, you're kind of like, what are they trying to do here? Is he like a, a living thing that became a, 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 a cyborg or is he a droid that has been augmenting with real parts for some reason? I agree. The cough just seemed kind of strange when it, when it happens. Now, would it, would it change your opinion of him had Gary Oldman done the voice? No. It would have been like, oh, couldn't they have done better with Gary Oldman? Yeah, I would have been, I would have been more upset because Gary Oldman had such a terrible role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brad, how many stars? Three and a half. David? Three and a half. I'll give it four. Jeff? Three and a half. Yeah, it's four, four from me. All right. Uh, let's do our questions and then we'll get into our trivia. So, from this original trilogy, well, the prequel trilogy, best new character, Brad. Oh, man. Out of the prequels. I know he was only used a little bit, but I loved Darth Maul. He's okay. only in it a little bit, but I, I loved every scene he was in. All right. David? Um, I would say Darth Maul, but since Brad already take it, I'm going to go with a small character uh, that we're going to get later in Clone Wars, and that's Commander Cody. All right. All right Good cool. job, Dave. Yep, right. Somebody said that. All right. Mine's easy. Qui-Gon Jinn. 
yes, he was only in one movie, but he was super cool. He was a, in my mind, the perfect Jedi. He was very wise and intelligent and everything, but yet he wouldn't completely follow the rules. So he wouldn't be on the council. So I like that idea. So there you go. All right, Jeff. Uh, following suit, I would say Darth Maul, but since he's taken, I would say Jango Fett. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be really? second. I'm just teasing. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even, I didn't say nothing when you said Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> Scott. Like, really? Uh, Mace Windu. <laughs> All right. Good one. Yeah, All right. I think he was a really great addition to the council. Yeah. All right. All right. Best He's battle a murderer, Scott, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Best fight or battle sequence, Brad. The duel of the fates. All right, David. Uh, Clone Wars, the beginning, uh, with the, all the battle we get to see for the first time with the clone troopers. All right, yeah, I have Battle of Genosis as well. Yep, Jeff. The execution of Order 66, it has such a godfather ending feel to it, mm-hmm. everyone just getting wiped out. Love it. All right, Scott. Uh, the opening scene of um. Revenge of the Sith. How it just drops you right into it. Very cool. All right. All right. Best new planet, Brad. Um, the Mustafar planet. All right. David? Geonosis. I love Camino. Love the storm. I love the aliens. I love everything about Camino. So that's my choice. Jeff. Uh, I'm with you, David Dayton. Uh Camino. It's it's as beautiful as it is terrifying looking. I know this thing, they come flying out of the ocean. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Scott. Uh, I like seeing Kashyyyk. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 Those are massive trees. All right, Brad. Uh, best new vehicle. <laughs> mm, come back to me. All right, I David. I without, without question, because now they're using it in uh, the Mandalorian, the Naboo Starfighter. You Love bastard. it. The Naboo Star? Really? <laughs> yes. I Love those that clunky ship. looking. Ooh, funny. No, no, no. All right. I, I love the Jedi Starfighters. I love Which the one? It, so the ones in the Revenge of the Sith. Those are just super cool. I know they're kind of predecessors to the you know to TIE Fighter, but I don't care. They're really cool. All yeah. right, Jeff. Uh the N1 Starfighter from Naboo. Uh you strip that shitty yellow paint off of it and it looks badass. It does. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, definitely my choice. Yep. All right, Scott. I didn't even write anything down for a second. <laughs> uh, I was going to say the Jedi Interceptor, but since it's already taken, I'll say the, uh, I'm going to get super nerdy and specific, uh, the ARC-170 uh, oh, okay. Starfighter. Yeah, oh, the predecessor good. to the X-Wing. Yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of X-Wing predecessor uh, gunship. Um, I'm staring at one right now. <laughs> I <My son laughs> have a are. bunch of these ships, um, mm-hmm. and uh, they were just really well designed. Uh, yep. The ship design toward the, the end of this trilogy specifically got so good so yeah all right brad i actually didn't like any of the vehicles actually except i did like count dooku's little sail whatever solar sail thing yeah yeah that was that was kind of neat but i really didn't like the vehicles in the prequels i didn't like him i know you guys liked the beginning sequence i I'm not that big of a fan of that sequence just because I don't like the ships they're in and just there's everything is very small and compacted. Like it's like just a one seater. It's almost like they're driving like those little, those like mini vans or those <laughs> mini coopers. I, I just didn't like any of the, of the vehicles. Really. All right. I think they definitely got better. In the Phantom Menace, there were some where I was like, all right, that looks like a shoe. That looks like a butter dish. (laughs) It's like a butter dish cozy. (laughs) All right. 
All right. If you were going to cosplay as any character from the prequels, what would it be, Brad? Well, I did this already. I, know I you did, did Darth Maul when yep. we, we know when we were working together. So, I mean, that one took some time, but I think another good one would have been obviously something like a, a got an Obi Wan with with a bearded Obi Wan. All right, all right, David. I clearly have to go with Anakin because I'm already getting a start of being on Vader. <laughs> so I'm missing a limb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't even know how to follow that one up um all right i'm of course going with qui-gon jen because i already have the hair i just need to grow the beard and i'm good all right jeff uh i did this once before uh dave will probably remember uh me buying the deluxe qui-gon jen costume yep but uh right now i'm all about comfort so I, i'm taking uh jango fett <laughs> all right all right scott uh obi-wan i think everybody wants to be obi-wan all right we're ready to get into the trivia questions guys yeah a jedi uses the force for knowledge and defense never for attack all right here we go first question uh first question worth five points a bonus if you get the well bonus in the phantom menace which character is the first to speak Oh, crap. And you get a bonus 10 points if you can tell me the line. There's a lot of quiet. Okay. Hmm. All right. Uh, we're going to go in order. Ready, Brad? What's your answer? Um, I don't know the character's name, but it is the girl that is flying the ship with Obi-Wan and um, and Anakin. Or I'm not sorry. Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon on it. All right. She says something, but I cannot remember the dialogue. And he, they say, tell them we're coming aboard. All right, David, what's your answer? I got pilot pilot of the uh, Jedi ship, um, right. but I don't remember the uh, the line. Jeff? I, I said Newt Gunray. <laughs> All right, Scott? I said the same thing. Newt Gunray. I was like, All right. No. Awarded no points to anybody. It was Qui-Gon. He actually says, Captain. He goes, yes, sir. And then he please tell, please tell them we want to board immediately. And then he re- and then, so nobody gets any points. Yay! I love it. That was the easy one, guys. Come on. Ah, uh, damn. <laughs> All right, worth ten points in Revenge of the Sith. On what planet do Anakin and Obi Wan have their duel? Actually, pretty easy since Brad already said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't help him. <laughs> All right. Well, Brad knows the answer because he already said it. Yes, yes, David. Moose, how do you spell it? Moosewada, Musafa, or Mustafa? Mustafa, Moose Lodge, Mustafa, Samson, yes, aka the Lava Planet. Yes, all right, everybody gets ten points. Very cool. Question number three, worth fifteen points in the Phantom Menace. The pod race track is named for which location? This was even in the game too, guys. <laughs> they were just bragging about. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> what? Was it? Let's see. I'm going to take a stab. All right. I'm taking, I'm taking a stab too. Brad. Any I ideas? got nothing. All right, David. Nothing. I'm taking a stab. Beggars Canyon. Nah, Jeff. I'm going Moss Eisley. Scott. Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> It was Buta Eve. Buta Eve, that's uh, it. That's never it. Gotten it. No points awarded that round. Okay. Damn. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. 
Now, number four, worth 20 points and potentially worth 40 as a bonus. In Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan visits a diner to gather some information. What's the name of the character that gives him this information? 20 points for his nickname, 40 points if you give me the entire name. Son of a bitch. No, wait, they're still thinking. Yeah, they're still thinking. I know. Yeah, easy, Jeff. Easy. The name of the place? No, the name of the guy he talks to. Oh. Oh, God. It's on the tip of my tongue. Mm. It's not Walter Matthau. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If you don't know it now, you're not going to know it. Brad, nothing. And that's the scene I hated. I know it is. I I can't remember that guy. I just. I David, like I can't remember his name, damn it. Jeff? Dex. Dex. Yeah. God. No, I didn't get that. All right. So his full name was Dexter Jetzer. So Jeff gets 20 points. All right. You suck, you suck Wait, Jeff. His real name is Dexter Jexter. Jetster, yeah. He calls him Dex. It's George Lucas Brad. Okay. Right, seriously. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> <Yes>. Super combination. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, question number five worth 40 points in Revenge of the Sith. What is the name of the blue-skinned female Jedi killed during Order 66? Come on. I have this figure on my shelf. Not sure about the spelling, but I'm ready to go. Jeff's going to win. Brad has no idea. I got no clue. <laughs> one of the avatars. <laughs> is, is uh, one of the characters from Avatar? Nope. I want to say David. it starts with I want to say it starts with an A, but I can't I can't pronounce her name. I, I'm good. I don't. Jeff, I also want to say it starts with a, an A, David. So I will. It's Ahsoka Tano. Wrong. What? Oh, no, what is it? Am Blasphemy. I wrong? You're completely wrong. wrong. Oh my god. So wrong. Scott. Oh no. Smurfette. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Louis, but Blueiston. Alias Sakura. Yes. Yes, she's a blue skinned Twilight. So oh, wait, that's that's uh <laughs> you're gonna burn in hell for getting that's that Rosario, that's Rosario Dawson, yeah. right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I thought oh, so. I was like, wait, isn't that uh I just had an A name in my head. I know she was not in this movie. Ooh, <laughs> go to, I know, go to the Clone Wars cartoon right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there we go. Um, wow, that was a lot harder than I thought. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. All right, so Brad ended up with 10 points, David got 10. Jeff got 30 and Scott got 10. So, so far, Jeff is in the lead. All right. Suck, Jeff. All right. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. I can't <laughs> wait to the next set of trivia questions. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So that brings us to the end of our first Star Wars episode. It's been a lot of fun so far. I'd like to thank the listeners for stopping by. I'd like to thank the Jedi Council for stopping by to help me answer some important questions. Come back by next week when we discuss the Disney era trilogy. Until then, may the Force be with you. This has been the Docking Bay 77 podcast. Opening music provided by Eric Jason Brock. Check him out on YouTube and Bandcamp. If you want to reach out to us on social media, we are on Twitter and Facebook at Docking Bay 77 podcast. Or you can send us an email. DockingBay77Podcast at gmail.com Thanks for listening.